I'd like to welcome those who are worshipping with us or watching this on LiveGate Outreach TV, our YouTube channel, or listening to the podcasts uh, on um, uh, Buzzsprouts or on podcasts uh, um, audio. I pray and trust God that you will have a wonderful experience as we are having on this Resurrection Sunday. I say to you, whenever you hear this again, Happy Easter, and may God continue to bless you all in Jesus' name. We want to thank God for the opportunity to be in this series. We have been looking at a five-part series on the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. And today's session has particularly been chosen because today is also Easter Sunday or Resurrection Day, uh, Resurrection Sunday as we call it. And so we are looking at the theme on freedom in Christ. We have looked at the quickened spirit, the quickened soul, the quickened body. And um, we said the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 8, 11, if it is in us, it is also able to quicken our mortal bodies. And we've looked at, in the last three weeks, we've looked at how it quickens our spirit, four weeks actually, quickened our spirit, our soul, and our body. Now once we are quickened, that means we are revived. That means we are empowered. But what does that mean in, in, in the full context of it? It also means that as children of God, we have freedom, we have liberty to serve God. So we have liberty first in Christ and liberty to serve God. We'll be looking at service in the course of our last session next week, but I just want to encourage us today to gain better understanding of what our freedom in Christ really is. I believe that if we understand our freedom, then we overcome our limitations. You see, when you are in an organization or in any system whatsoever, and um, you are informed of restrictions. Many times those restrictions play in your mind, and everywhere you go you remember that you are confined by those restrictions. And um, when, if they change your status and they tell you that you are no longer bound by those restrictions, you will need to declutter your mind and reprogram your mind to understand your freedom because your mind is tuned to having that restriction. This is how it is for us as a people of God. When we are born into this world, we are limited. We are limited by many things. We don't know our rights. We don't know our access to God. But when we come to Christ, he gives us freedom and he gives us free access to the Father. And so we need to continually be looking at the word of God to understand what this freedom really is all about. In the course of our Bible reading today, we read from Luke chapter 24, from verse 1 to 8, I'll just take a few more verses from there. Verse 1 to 3, we can read that together. The Bible says, let's read together verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. Verse 2. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Amen. The verse 3. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Before we go on, I just want to remind us that on Friday we started a, a two-part session for this uh, uh, a live weekend, which is our Easter program, on the theme, the stone has been rolled away. 
Let's go back to verse 2. The Bible says, when they went there, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. And last Friday, for those of you that were able to come here Friday night, we looked at many stones that we still need to be rolling away from our lives. A stone was supposed to keep him in the tomb. It was supposed to ensure that he doesn't come out of the tomb or that they didn't get his body out of the tomb. And we must understand that in our lives that there are many stones. We first looked at the stone of sin. We said that stone is one that the devil keeps putting in our flesh so that we can continue to live according to the fruit of the flesh rather than the fruit of the spirit. I will encourage you, the message is already on LiveGate Outreach TV. Please go and listen to it if you weren't here or if you need to listen to it again. And um, it, it was, uh, we looked at that stone. We looked at the stone of hindrances to our prosperity. We looked at Jacob's well, where Jacob was having a hindrance of a stone that was covering a well that he could use to fetch water and build a relationship, as it were, with Rachel, who was to be his wife. And the Bible says he rolled away that stone. We looked at the stone of judgment, human judgment, where the woman in John chapter 8 was about to be stoned by many stones from people who saw her, according to them, in caught in adultery, and they were going to condemn her for that. And she ran to Jesus where she obtained mercy. Hallelujah. And that mercy triumphed over judgment and that stone, and those stones were rolled away from her life. And we said that this is how we also need to understand that our coming to the Lord should help us to consistently roll away the judgments of man because the mercy of God will continue to prevail over our circumstance. So there were six of them. There was stone of limitation and stone of substitution. And I don't have time to go through everything again. But please look at them. Uh, and I believe they will bless you. God gave me those, those words late last year. Just before Christmas. It took about four weeks for me to take time to research and to trust God. And he was inspiring to me about the Easter program. And he gave me those six stones that we need to be keep looking at in our lives. And I pray that God will continue to give us deeper insight into these things in Jesus' name. Now in verse 5 of Luke chapter 24, the Bible says, Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why? These were the angels. They said to uh, to Mary, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Verse 6. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee? Verse 7 saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day he will do what? Rise again. And this is why we are here today, to celebrate his rising again. Hallelujah. So the the resurrection of Christ is the basis of our new life. What makes Christ different from everyone else who proclaimed to be a Messiah? Because there have been several others after him that have come to proclaim that they were also Messiahs in their own way. They were also saviors. The difference between them and Christ is the fact that Christ rose again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we celebrate that as Christians. If resurrection did not happen, then everything that we believe will be null and void. Resurrection is what confers on us the newness of life. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation and all things have passed away and all things have become new. That is anyone being with the risen Christ. We must understand this. 
And so this is the new life that is very exclusive to us as believers. So if you're here and you are born again, you have this newness of life because Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. This is what happened to us in Romans chapter 6 verse 4. The Bible says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the, uh, from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the what? The newness of life. Tell your neighbor for me, keep walking in the newness of life. He said, even then, The same way he was raised from the dead, we also should walk. I like the word should there. The word should there means that that is the ideal. That is what should happen. That is what you and I should be doing. However, without knowledge, the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It is the knowledge of what you know you should be walking in that helps you to walk in it. It is the knowledge. The Bible says, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. And through us, diffuses a fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. We need to know what he has done for us, for us to walk in the newness of life. And this is so important. Verse 5. He said, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly. Somebody say, certainly. That means without a shadow of a doubt. If we believe in his death. And we are united by faith in his death. And we confess his death. The Bible says, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Hallelujah. And verse 6 says, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. Now, this is the basis of our freedom. For us to enjoy freedom in Christ... We need to have a deep understanding of what Christ did, what the provisions of the word of God are for us in dying with him, in, in, uh, buried with him in baptism, and being raised up together with him again. The world is seeking for freedom in many wrong ways. Everywhere you go, all you hear is that people want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free to be me. Everybody wants to be free. The teenager will tell the the parent, I want to be free. Just let me be. And then people will say in the societies, in in democratic communities or undemocratic communities, they say we need to help them to be free. The, 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 The world is crying for freedom in many ways. But unfortunately, none of that freedom works. There are two extremes that the world pushes freedom in two concepts that I'll quickly talk about so that we can understand how God has done a great work for us as we don't belong to any of those and should not. There is what is called the concept or the principle of libertinism. Libertinism. Where it's all about liberty. And it is a concept that is good in appearance, but it's like the evil fruit that was given to Eve. Good in what it looks like, desirous to have, but it is full of poison. This is a concept that promotes free thinking. This is the principle that promotes that you can be an atheist. This is the concept that promotes sensual uh, lusts and desires. That you can live the way you want to live. It has no reference to the word of God whatsoever. This is the concept that does not believe in heaven or hell. 
This is the concept that says if it feels good, do it. This is the concept that just promotes you to be who you want to be. Choose the gender you want to be, regardless of what you were born to be. Choose the gender you want to marry, regardless of what the Bible says. This concept, as appealing as it is, as modern as it may appear and sound, is of the devil. It has a total disregard for God. And we as Christians must understand that there is no freedom in it. At the end thereof is destruction. The Bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. And we as Christians have a duty to love everyone, regardless of what they believe or don't believe. We have a duty not to condemn anyone, because our Christ did not come to condemn anyone. So we don't condemn anyone, but we also have a duty to present the message of the cross, because the Bible tells us that it is the power of God unto salvation. We have a duty to tell the world that the Bible says for this purpose shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. The one who created the man in the first instance and created the woman in the first instance has left that as what needs to be done. Now if two people or people don't believe that, it doesn't still mean that we have a right to condemn them. We don't condemn them, but we must continue to love them the same way God loved the entire world and gave his only son, Jesus Christ. And we must continue to let everyone know that the principle of libertinism is of the devil. The principle that just wants you to take on anything you desire to do without restrictions. There are a lot of subsets of it which I wouldn't bother to go into today. But we also need to understand the other side of it is the principle of legalism. Which again looks good. This is the, this is the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion promotes that there are many religions. It promotes that as long as you can keep a set of rules of do's and don'ts and some kind of religious dogmas, you will be in a class of a religious following that is good and is acceptable. This is the principle that proves or promotes the fact that there are many ways to God. Again, it contradicts the scripture. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In John chapter 14 verse 6. He says no one will come to the father except by me. He didn't say I am one of the ways. He didn't say I could be one of the ways. He didn't say I am the best way. He just simply said I am the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when we talk about freedom in Christ. We are talking about freedom that Christ has come to give us. Because of our faith in him. It doesn't require legalism. It doesn't require libertinism. All it requires is for us to have faith, to believe that in it lies the power of God unto salvation. And as many that believe this, the Bible says he gave them power to become the sons of God. What gives a person power is not the physical things that people do to get power. In this kingdom, the power is obtained by believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confessing with your mouth that he is the Lord and Savior of your life. And then you become a son of God. This freedom comes through the knowledge of the truth. As powerful as any truth is, as I said, without the knowledge of it, we cannot walk 
in the freedom it provides. John chapter 8, verse 31. The Bible says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Let's read verse 32 together. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36. Go straight to verse 36. It says, Therefore, in verse 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I decree that you shall be free indeed. In the name of Jesus. It is important that knowing the truth is what makes the difference. And so Galatians chapter 5, which we also read in our scripture reading, for those of you listening to the audio or watching the video, we read Luke chapter 24, verse 1 to 8, and we also read Galatians chapter 5 from verse 1 to 16. I'm just speaking some of the verses from there. You can read that on your own. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, if the Son has set you free, my paraphrase now, if the Son has set you free and has delivered you from the dominion of darkness and has given you the newness of life, you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to stand in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Not the liberty of this world. Not the careless living of this world. Because there are messages today and there are doctrines today that are promoting the fact that when you are saved, and you are saved by grace, you are free to live your life anyhow. And it doesn't matter because once you are saved, you are saved and you go into heaven. No, the Bible says there is only one root and one type of liberty. The liberty is that which Christ has made us free. He said, do not then be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. When we engage outside the confines of the word of God, with the things that are worldly, we run the risk of getting ourselves entangled again with the yoke of bondage. May God deliver us from every yoke of bondage. In the name of Jesus. We must understand, we used to be bound by sin and the enemy. But now we are rescued to be bound by Christ. The freedom which Christ has made us free. Verse 13, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. He said, for you brethren have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. If we read verse 14, the Bible says that because the entire summation of the commandment is in this one. That you shall love your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus came in the Old Testament, Moses was given 10 commandments and several other laws that were to go with it. When Jesus came, he summarized it in the two. He said the, the two, every one of those 10, you can put in the two. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul. And then he said the second one is as unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. When Paul came, he said that now that we have received Christ... That everything is some read verse 16. He said, then, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's read it together. He said, I say then, walk, say it after me. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
Very importantly, we must realize consistently that we are a people who have been rescued from the dominion of darkness. The fruit of the flesh is what prevailed in the dominion of darkness. If you read Galatians 5 from verse 19, it tells you what those things are. A lot of the things that dominate our lives as sinners and as people who do not have a relationship with God are the things of the fruit of the flesh. He said you will continue to live in them if you don't walk in the spirit. He said the works of the flesh are evident. They are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Those are the things. Hallelujah. He said, but you must walk in the spirit so that you should not fulfill the works of the flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so this is important for us because as believers and as people who God has redeemed, we need to understand the essential elements of this, our freedom. And I'll quickly touch on three things before I end this message and we go on to other things this morning. The first thing which I've said in the last few minutes is the fact that we are no longer slaves to sin and we are free from the punishment of sin. We are no longer slaves to sin and we are free from the punishment of sin. The Bible makes us to understand in Romans chapter 6 verse 14. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but what? Under grace. Tell your neighbor for me, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. You see, we need to see how the law works. We need to see how the law works. There used to be a law of sin and death. But the Bible makes us to understand that we are no longer under it. We were saved by grace through faith. And we have to continue to live our life by faith in grace. We were saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us that. And we have to continue to live our lives by faith through grace. It is what makes us Christians so that we don't have to try to keep a set of rules of do's and don'ts. But when we live by the Spirit, by the grace of God, the Lord continues to enable us to say no to worldliness, to have a hatred for worldliness, to desire the things of God much more than the things of the world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. The freedom we operate in is what helps us to live as a people, not bound by rules, but bound to Christ. Where there is peace, where there, I say where there is peace, where there is health, where there is satisfaction, where there are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Everything that the world offers is a fake, a type, is an adulterated version, is a fake version of what the world gives. That's why when Jesus said, I leave you peace. He said, not the type that the world gives. Because the world also offers some kind of peace. It's an imitation. He said, not that type. He said, the one that I give is the one that passes human understanding. The one that gives you stability in the midst of storms. The one that makes it impossible for you to be perturbed. Even though everything around you looked like it was collapsing. 
And he demonstrated it when they were on the boat together in Mark chapter 4. We remember when the winds were blowing and everyone was shouting, Master, don't you care, care if we perish? He was asleep. He was asleep. And when he woke up, he simply said, peace, be still. That is the peace I carry. And the Bible says, and the winds and the waves, they obeyed him. Hallelujah. This is what God wants you and I to walk in. So we are no longer slaves to sin, but we are also free from the punishment of sin. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10. It says, for as many of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law. To do them. Everyone who is trying to operate under the law without Christ is cursed. Because it is impossible to keep all the law. But look at what he said in verse 11. He said, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. I say you shall live by faith. In the name of Jesus. What is faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So every day you are living a life that is according to God's standards. As you meditate on the word of God. The Lord continues to honor his word in your life. And he helps you to walk in the fullness of that which he is declaring to you. Hallelujah. Verse 12 says, but the, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Verse 13. Christ, let's read verse 13 together. Everybody shout one to go. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You see, Christ took on everything that you should have been keeping in terms of measuring up to the requirements of the law. Took it once and for all. Took the consequence of not being able to perform it. Went to the cross and nailed it to his cross. I say he nailed it to his cross. And the Bible says he took that curse upon himself. So he redeemed us from the curse of the law. And this is why there is no longer condemnation for us who are where? In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Why did he do this for us? Verse 14. He said, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might do what? Receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so it is important for us to understand that every day of our lives, rather than seeking to keep the law, we should seek to grow in faith. We should seek to develop our knowledge of the word of God that will boost our faith, increase our faith, that will help us to continue to enjoy the promises of the spirit. The Bible says there is a blessing of Abraham. Many of us sing, Abraham blessings are mine, but we do not understand how to relate and connect with the blessings of Abraham. Abraham, the Bible says, he believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And the Bible says that that same blessing that he had comes upon us in Christ Jesus so that we can receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 therefore says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 2 says, let's read verse 2 together. Shout it loud and clear. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The Bible makes us to understand that there are two laws. So when you are rescued from the law of sin and death, 
you are bound by another law. This is not a law of religious dogmas or religious uh, rules of do's, don'ts, and wants, and all that. This is a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That law is manifested in you as you allow the spirit of God to lead you. Romans 8.14 says, For as many that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So every one of us must understand that what frees us from the law of sin and death is the fact that we are now under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So we are free from every sin and every consequence of sin that is through the law. Hallelujah. The second thing is that we are also free from every ordinance of evil that was against us. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's Romans 6.23. But I want us to quickly read Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. Amen. Colossians 2.13, the Bible says, let's read together. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Verse 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and ha- he has taken it out on the way, having done what? Nailed it to his cross. Verse 15. He said, having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. This is what he did for us on the cross. The same way he took our sins as a curse upon himself, nailed it to his cross. It's the same way what ordinances mean and those handwritings. Go to verse 13, please. What those handwritings mean. Verse 14, sorry. What those handwriting mean, or handwriting of requirements of those things, they are called edicts. They are pronouncements of evil that should have been upon us because of the sins of Adam, the sins of our grandparents, and all those things that should have been bringing evil to us. The Bible says that he wiped them out. I say he wiped them out. Those things were against us, but he wiped them out. Hallelujah. So when he did that, the Bible says he took them out of the way and nailed it to his cross. And then verse 15 said he went and dis, taking on all the principalities and powers and disarmed them. Now listen to me. Ephesians 6 verse 10 The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Against what? Powers. Against what? Spiritual wickedness in high places and rulers of what? Darkness. But the Bible says he has already disarmed them. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. You know what that reminds me? It reminds me of scripted wrestling matches. How many of you have ever watched, I don't know what WWE is now. When I was very young, it was WWF. Is it still existing? WWF is still existing. 
Okay. Some of us have to ask those questions now. <laughs> now, you see, those, those, when you watch those shows, you think you are watching a real match. But everything is acted. How many of you know that? Seriously, everything is scripted. Everything is programmed. All the moves have been put in a script. The person who will win knows they will win. The person who will lose is very aware. And no mistakes are ever done because that is the entertainment. They are giving money for playing their roles. And they are giving good money for doing it. So if you who do not know that arrangement sit by the ringside or by your screen. And you are watching somebody seemingly being punched and being punched. You will say, oh, they are being mean to this guy. Even though he's the one that has been scripted to win. They will be punching him. And you will be going there because you have no knowledge. You will be thinking, oh no, this man is suffering. This man is, is too much for this other guy. And then suddenly the man who has been scripted to win will just rise up and play the remainder of the script. From nowhere, he will just throw one punch and then the guy will fall on the ground and he will lie down on him and they will count the ten and they will raise his hand and they will say he won. And you will be very happy not knowing that everything was just drama. <laughs> that is the same way it is in the spirit. When you have no knowledge, you will think that you are the one punching these principalities and powers. When we stand in those prayer rooms and we say, come on brethren, let us begin to make war now. We battle every principality, every power, every ruler of darkness. And we begin to What we don't know we are doing is we are only acting out a script. The man has already disarmed principalities. He has already disarmed powers. He has already made a public spectacle of them. You and I just need to step into that ring and say, come on, bring the next one. My master has disarmed you all already. In the name of Jesus. From today, no devil will harass you anymore. I say no demon will harass you anymore. In the name of Jesus. Never be afraid. When you see anything that looks like evil, always see the bigger picture. There is always a bigger picture behind every giant. That bigger picture is the picture of the God that you serve. It's the picture of your Lord and Master Jesus Christ who has disarmed principalities. Who has disarmed all the powers in the name of Jesus. Listen friends, in Numbers chapter 14, 12 spies went to look at a land. And 10 of them were seeing only the giants. Two of them called Caleb and Joshua were seeing the bigger picture and they said our God will help us we are more than able hallelujah they said let us go and take the land the same way when David got to the presence of Goliath everybody saw a nine foot man now if you see a man a physical man that's nine feet physically speaking naturally speaking you will be afraid because this is a very tall person if he was to walk into that door he's going to bend down can you imagine such a character and then you stand before him. David stood before him. But everybody else was seeing only Goliath. David was seeing the God who is the captain of the armies of the living God. Hallelujah. This is what will separate you. This is what separates the men from the boys. This is what separates the unmatured from the babies. This is what will separate you in this end time. Your knowledge of who God is. The day I read that he has disarmed 
He was not planning to disarm. He did not say, I will come back in 2,000 years to disarm. He said, he disarmed them. And he had made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. I now understand that when Paul said that we are wrestling against them, we are only acting out a script of what has been done before. And as long as we continue in what he has done, in the law of the spirit of life, we continually be separated from the ordinance of evil. In the name of Jesus. Finally, we are to glorify God and be selfless in our conduct. We are to glorify God and be selfless in our conduct. This is what our freedom helps us to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. The Bible says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Verse 24. It said, let no one seek his own. But each one, the other's well-being. This is what our redemption helps us to do. Seeking the well-being of others. Verse 31. Go to verse 31. Thank you. He said, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do what? All to the glory of God. Do all. Tell your neighbor for me. Keep doing all to the glory of God. Whatever you eat or drink. Whatever you do, keep doing it all to the glory of God. Verse 32 says, give no offense. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Just as, I'm reading verse 32 now. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Give no offense. Give no offense. The Bible says in this world offenses will come, but woe to them through whom such offenses come. Make up your mind not to give offense. As I started to look at my life, hit the first half century, one of the resolutions I've made is that, Lord, by the special grace and mercies of yours, till I go to meet you, I will not fight anybody again. Whoever is looking for a fight will look for another person to fight. <laughs> Even when the person comes and says, I want to fight you, I say, God bless you, I'm not fighting. Hallelujah. Not that I was a fighter before. All I'm saying is that, you know, I just decided, what is this life? I remember just like yesterday when I was five years old. And then suddenly somebody tells you, some calendar tells you you are 50. So what is this life that we want to waste it? Friends, there is no time to waste. The Bible says, give no offense. Anytime that you find yourself being offensive to somebody, to a group, to a church, to a, an office, to a, a neighborhood, to a family, whatever it is, take your step back because you are a new creation. Stop giving offense. The Bible says give no offense either to the Greeks or the Jews or the church of God. Verse 33. He said, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but for the profit of many that they may be what? Saved. Friends, keep looking for the opportunity to love. A few weeks ago, I said here, love is not what you should be seeking for. It's what you should be seeking to give out. When God loved the world, he wasn't looking for love from you and I first. He just loved us. To love is a choice. I said to love is a choice. It's a good choice to make to love. Hallelujah. To refuse drunkenness is a choice. To pursue peace with everyone is a choice. To rejoice is a choice. Everything that is of the law of the spirit of life in Christ 
It's a choice. Every time the devil will give you a counterfeit, it will give you an opportunity to hate. That is your opportunity to love. It will give you, the world will give you an opportunity to be impatient. That is your opportunity to be patient. The world will give you an opportunity to go into fornication and adultery. That is the, that is the opportunity for you to be chased. It will give you an opportunity to lie. That is the opportunity for you to speak the truth. The devil will keep giving you an opportunity to do the things according to the fruit of the flesh. Take time to make the right decisions. To live by the spirit of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and make the right decisions. And watch your life become more fruitful. I say watch your life become more fruitful in the name of Jesus. Stop getting stressed over the things that everybody else gets stressed over. Somebody calls you a bad name. Somebody tries to scandalize your name. Somebody tries to call you what you are not. Just take time to remember who you are. I say take time to remember who you are. And brush it aside and move. Let's help the children. Let's help the children. Brush it aside and move. Amen. Tell your neighbor for me, brush it aside. And move on. Say life is too short for you to waste any moment. Jesus came and lived only 33 and a half years. Three and a half of those years was his real ministry. Every day of it, he refused to take offense. Till they went to the cross. They called him names. They called the spot on him. We celebrate his resurrection today. But it was not a funny experience. But he refused to take offense. He refused to be offended because the mission was more important. Every one of us must realize that it is a choice. It is a choice. Couples, you have to keep making up that right choice to love your spouse on a daily basis. They will not always do what will make you want to love them. They will not. You will not, for sure. So you must make up your mind to love. You must make up your mind to love your brethren. We are in a generation where Christians are so easily irritated. So easily irritated. I had a headache yesterday. Nobody rang me. All those brethren, they are going to hell. <laughs> Come on. Let's step up and do the things. This kingdom requires us to be focused. It requires us to be settled in God. And I pray that God will continue to establish you. In the name of Jesus. Please rise to your feet with me. And let us just spend a minute.